2: So the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson. It's part two of Hump Day with Swatty and Friends, Samantha Richards, Dane Swan, Hello. and just like Kevin Bloody Wilson and Samantha, another proud Western Australian has joined us, Damien yes. Oliver. Hello, Holly. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Evan. <laughs> you got to lean closer to the mic. so okay. That's it. Yeah, I know you
0: Western Australian. You been back there uh, lately? <laughs> <laughs> Not likely. Um, <laughs> it won't be in the near future either, actually. But I've probably been to Mel- I've been living in Melbourne longer than I probably lived in Perth. Yeah. So. Um, but I think as most Western Australians, you never quite quite lose that tag. No.
3: You don't really want to, do you? Because it's got such a beautiful lifestyle and beaches and all those, the nice things that you want to go home for. You're
4: also Western Australian, aren't you, Samantha? Yes. It yeah. is a
0: nice place, but it's a long way from anywhere. That's the only thing. It really thing is. It's kind of there. You're stuck there. And I think the borders have made that worse, haven't they? They've
3: really divided.
0: I think so, yeah. There. Yeah, it's it's like an island now, isn't it? Here it's, it's the most country. isolated city, city in the, in the world. world. Is that right? Yeah. yeah.
2: So what? What family you got back there that you've uh, been? You haven't been able to keep in touch with.
0: I, my mum's the close one, and as yeah. I'm the only sibling left, yep. so. Um, but um, yeah, so all my immediate family are I'm married with three kids here. Yep. Um, and all my other family's in the west, pretty much. Yeah.
2: And how? How? Um, what's because we don't talk racing here, Ollie. Um, I do, but not on this show. Um, what's What's it been like going through COVID in one of the few jobs that has kept going? Yeah.
0: Uh, not a lot has changed for us, um, particularly probably me as an older person now, you know, I'm 49, so um, a lot for the younger Generation of in the racing people, because they've, they've been working but actually haven't been able to go out or do anything else. Just house parties. <laughs> yeah, apparently, Airbnbs, yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, glad I was out of that loop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, but, yeah, for me, I don't go out as much these days, obviously, but um, obviously the younger generation are probably feeling a little bit, but um, it's I kind of feel weird because I, I know a lot of people outside the racing loop but haven't been able to work and do things but for us we've been working pretty much non-stop for whatever it is 18 months two years so i I kind of feel like a holiday (laughs) Whereas everyone else sort of wanting to go back to work so it's kind of been weird but you know i think we feel lucky that we've been able to work and still been able to have an income as well but um and i think it's probably provided a lot of people with entertainment and been able to have a punt Mm. over a long period of time and um but uh i mean also it's been we, we understand it's been really important from a one from a work and an income perspective, but also for the horses' welfare as well, because mm. obviously horses like to be worked and, and creatures of habit and routine. So regardless of um, uh, whether we could race or not or whether people think it was safe or not, um, I think it's been really important for, you know, keep, it's a big employer, keeping a lot of people employed and, and keeping the horses working in routine as well. So I think it's been really important from that perspective.
2: And what's it taught you? Because um, normally during pre-COVID, come April, March you'd be in Sydney, uh, May you'd be at uh, Adelaide and, and Queensland and then, you know, you'd go, probably go back home to Perth over the summer, but you've been based here, have you adjusted your own sort of uh, way of going about things?
0: Yeah, I'm, I am I kind of get a bit sick of travelling, yeah. you know, I think I, I kinda, I've kind of i been doing it for 30 odd years now, so I, I don't mind being at home, um, the only thing I'd have missed is going on a holiday somewhere, but... Mm. Uh, I think from I think it's pretty much from March to to June. Nearly every Saturday you can be riding interstate. So over that period of time, it can you can get a bit worn out, sort of travelling and losing weight and that kind of thing. So it's been nice to stay home. But at the same time, probably deprived a little bit of going to ride in those Sydney carnivals and and that a little bit as well.
2: Yeah, to use Danes... Dane's term that the the juice is worth the squeeze when you go up to those big prize money <laughs> races. Be. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you if you do get a win, for sure. The, yeah. That Sydney Prize Money is pretty big these days. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So and Dane, so he goes in a state and he looks after himself and comes back in one piece.
4: Mm. Yeah. Well, Sydney. Yeah. Won't be going back to Sydney in a hurry. Um, no. But but yeah, no. Sydney's Sydney's off my radar for the next foreseeable future. So pre pre
2: pre this you, as in w- once we started, you wanted to know what we would do. We just talk shit. So last week, yeah. Dane came up with something that reminded me. I, I it'd be good to get you on. So Dane, you haven't sold this full story for a couple of pods. So as in a couple of years, <laughs> tell the full story because Dane's uh, Damien's got the opposite. You said you had the chance to meet the Queen and you knocked it back, and that's when I thought. Yeah. I must get Ollie. So just, yeah, yeah.
4: Um, yeah. Well, I knocked, I knocked the chance of so what. I'll, I'll assume I'm, Maybe It's not the case anymore But After you win Well When I won the Brownlow in 2011 um, I got a letter Sent home to me well, I sent it home and It was You know It was a big fancy letter and it was like In all calligraphy Or whatever you want to All the fancy writing A bit different to My handwriting But it was just Pretty much We'd love for you to To meet the Queen And whenever she, I don't know she must have travelled I don't even know if she travels anymore But um, She must Come out here once a year or whatever it was. Would you like to, to come and meet her? And um, and I had just zero interest in meeting the queen, so, so, so I knocked it back. Um, my nan, my nan nearly fell off her chair when I said that. She's obviously a what do you, do you call them a royalist? I don't know, what, like a That'll do. Yeah, yeah, a royalist or whatever. So she loved them, and you know my mum and stuff. That um, nan nearly fell off the couch when I said I had the opportunity to meet the queen and knocked it back. But um, yeah, I just I don't know, I just. Do you think you
3: two would have anything to chat about, Dane? Do you reckon she'd come on this podcast?
4: Well, I knocked her back once, so <laughs> I doubt she'd. <laughs> she probably knock um, you back. Have the invitation, yeah? So you know, I just had no interest in meeting the Queen. I don't know. Do you?
2: Well, uh, no, but I'm not the type who wants to meet a celebrity. I'd rather I'd like to talk to him, but not if it's just so high and do the meet and greet. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't what. No, yeah, I'd like yeah.
3: to go to, to afternoon tea, high tea. Or <laughs> oh like yes, that. absolutely.
2: So, David, how would you meet the Queen?
0: Not too dissimilar to Dane's story, actually. I Did got a nice letter in the you <laughs> know fancy writing. Ele-
2: sorry, yeah. sorry, about it, but uh, Sam said, "Did you win the Brownlow? How many? Eleven well, Scobie breezy. Um.
0: Yeah. No Brownlow, but yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. <the> equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I got a letter to go and have lunch mm. with her at um, Parliament House. I think it was, and um. She's an. She's a horse fan, yeah. Loves the horses. Yeah. 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 She owns quite a few horses. She. Is a keen horse rider in her day. Yeah. Um, the whole family is, I think, and uh, yeah. So I thought I, I was a bit like you. I thought someone was taking a piss yeah. at first, uh, but I thought mm, this looks pretty fancy. Looks like the real thing. I thought, oh, well, might as well. You're not every day going to meet the Queen, so I'm driving into um, Parliament House there and seeing some corgis on the side of the road, <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, this is, <laughs> this is on. And uh, so I go there. I'm in the in what they call the drawing room where we're waiting to meet the Queen and. Um, they hand us out the form guide so to speak who we're sitting with and um, it says uh, we've got uh, there was Cathy Freeman um, a young lady from the Australian Ballet there was the Governor, the Lord Mayor the Premier and they're all sitting on my table, I couldn't believe it and Her <laughs> Majesty the Queen as well I've drawn barrier one, so, uh, so I go in there and we're, you know, we, we shake her hand as we walk in and we're told all protocol and we're all sitting around the table and we're all sitting on the table a little bit like this and, and no one's saying nothing and I'm thinking, God, oh, I've got to break the ice here. So I said to, excuse me, your majesty, I'm going over to the UK to ride this year at Royal Ascot, is there any chance you might have a ride for me? <laughs> and she was a bit thrown aback, but she said, oh, that's wonderful, you know, I'm... She said, "I don't know if I've got one fast enough for you, but <laughs> I'll see what I can do." But that, with that, broke the ice and we got talking about, you know, who I was going over to ride for, and she got talking quite a bit, bit about racing, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, quite enlightening, I might say. Yeah. <laughs> did you,
2: did you meet her again at Royal Ascot? I did actually.
0: Yeah, yeah probably so. It was a few months later. I was over at Royal Ascot riding, and she get you a ride? Uh, <laughs> not quite. Um, <laughs> she did have a runner on the day, and she didn't. Put me on it, but um, I had a ride at the um, at the meeting and in, in the Ascot Gold Cup, and this was the old Ascot racecourse. We actually used to walk through the crowd to get to the mounting yard. And this is a beautiful old mounting yard with the old trees and that. And she was in the mounting yard there, and I was going to meet the connections of the owners and trainers of my horse. And I thought, Nah, bugger it, I'm going to go and say good day.
1: <laughs> so I made
0: a beeline over to go and say hello, and you know. People couldn't believe that I was so forward and going to say good <laughs> day to her, but they didn't know that we're old mates. So. <laughs> yeah.
3: Did she recognise you?
0: She did. She actually what said, how man. are you going? Are you enjoying your stay <laughs> and all that? We had a chat for a couple of minutes, yeah.
2: So there's a great line in racing that everyone's equal on the track and under the track. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the Queen, but uh, some of the famous people you've met along the journey because, you know, ultimately if people have got a bit of wealth and they can buy into a horse, they uh, – you you will be the man to speak to on the way through.
0: <laughs> yeah, well that's true. You say you know there's, you get all sorts on the track. You know you get your your mug punters, you get your you know your royals, your shakes, and all that sort of. And there's everything in between. So you know it's yeah, all different types on the track. That's for sure.
2: Who's who? Some of the favourites that you've you've met along the way, or some of the ones that you go, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. Well, usually, um, you know, you might get the odd um, what what do you call not a. It's uh, a little bit under the influence. Had a few drinks, yes. and uh, you get a lot of uh, <laughs> you get a lot of advice. You might say, really? getting on the horse, yeah. Um, and in you know, in the end, I mean, it's kind of like you know, if you've got, and some of these can be, as you said, really well-to-do businessmen or not so well-to-do people. Yep. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's like telling Dane how to try and kick a footy, you know. <laughs> and I said, well, sometimes I might just hand him the whip or the skull cap. I said, well, do you want to actually ride the horse, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but the, the, the
2: one difference here, Swatty and here because you probably got some advice from co-terians Co- over the journey, is that you actually don't have to be nice to them because as long as you get the kick. Yeah,
4: well, then I'll pay my way. Yeah, whereas... But, uh, and the thing sorry. is, um, oh, no, but we get the advice live. So I, I imagine when... Damien's on the horse, you he can't hear you can hear the roar but you can't hear the peanut in the front row <laughs> telling you like you're fat or you got shit tattoos or <laughs> you, well, I don't wanna um swear on the podcast but it's not that's not what I'm about. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. It's a joke. um No, no, but yeah, so we get we get advice in real time. Yeah. Um over the fence, which is which is great. Um, we also got some, some positive feedback over the fence, but um, that's what makes, I guess, sport great, but you obviously can, can drown the, the bad stuff out. I'm yeah. gathering
3: no one's ever told you anything when you were getting on the horse that you've gone, oh, fuck, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: I pretty, didn't
2: think of that. Pretty rarely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very unlikely. Yeah. But where I was going with that is that you actually still have to, uh, in business terms called networking, of course, but, yeah. um, but th- these owners, y- you do have to... Uh, play the game i suppose a bit because they're the ones who can decide whether you get an, another ride in a good race at all.
0: yeah for sure i think these days with your um you know your pre-race well uh, that's one thing with covid we haven't had the owners on track so to speak so yeah. that's and you've
2: still managed to ride winners that's been a delight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, did you prefer, did you prefer
3: that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you
0: don't choose
3: the horses that you want to ride they approach you? Is that the uh, way that it A bit works? of both. Yeah, I yeah. have
0: an agent who works closely with the trainers and sometimes the owners and uh, you know you ride track work in the morning to kind of get your rides as well but um, the more rides you're winning the more rides you tend to get that kind of yeah. Uh, yep. uh, the, so yeah it's, it's very it's like a really popularity kind of thing you know yeah, right. but um, yeah so where, where was I? Um, as far know, as networking yeah, and yeah not yeah. having the owners there yeah. and I mean it's good to give good feedback as well you take a little bit on board of what the trainer might say about the horse but generally if you're if you're a jockey that knows what you're doing You're riding against the jockeys and horses all the time So you get a fair idea what you want to do But tr- some trainers might have m- more control of how, the, how you want to ride the horse Whereas some trainers like to back, back the jockey's judgement more often than not So do you want
2: to say a lot about instructions or do you want me to say it?
0: Uh, yeah, you say it, mate. <laughs> the, yeah,
2: the, you don't, the best jockeys don't need instructions, and the worst jockeys can't follow them. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, got, that's, got that's that close that's enough. That's about right. Yep. <laughs> so, mate, how, how'd you, um, you, you? Your spring was unbelievable, mm-hmm. and you're still doing it. And I know you're not a review mirror guy, but how have you been, been able to adjust your body over the years to be able to um, to tear, tear, tear a new one out of the uh, out of derby day again at uh, would you say forty nine
0: yeah look st- you still got to get on the right horses that's yeah. um, the most important thing if you're not, you' not can't I can't win on slow horses but you've got to execute on the day and um, you know I suppose after doing it for thirty odd years um, experiencing that big occasion over a long period of time you know how to put yourself in the right position to do that and then I suppose hold your nerve on the big occasion as well and execute the best result on the day. So you don't always get it right, but um, you know you like to think over a period of time you get it right more than you get it wrong. So I had a few narrow wins there on, on Cup Week and it's good when you get the close ones go your way. God bless you. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> but but um,
2: I actually looked through your stats leading into the spring and so part one we're talking about pre-season training and Swanee's approach to pre training compared to a Scott Pendlebury. But as a, as a rider, is it more about trying to angle yourself to say, well, how am I going to get onto these best horses along the way? And uh, obviously you've got a good association now with Godolphin, for those who don't follow, that's James Cummings, and a uh, major worldwide operation as well. So I suppose having that type of backing is going to help you as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, like our pre-s- pre-season, I kind of think, starts in July, August, so to speak, for you know no- October, November for the spring, so... Uh, I I like to have a little bit of a break in July and it's only a short break, might be a couple of weeks just to break up the winter and then I start working back, you know, from early, um mid-July... working through the winter, getting your weight get right, getting fit, um, as you said, angling, trying to get on some nice horses, uh, but showing everyone you're, you're working hard as well, that you're you know, putting yourself in a good position to set yourself up for the spring carnival. And then you, you want to be riding winners, riding regularly, um, probably not getting suspended, uh, those sort of things, <laughs> and, um, and it's sort of hitting form at the right time, so you're, you're getting on those right horses at the right time. And it's been great for me in the twilight of my career, Teaming up with Godolphin, um, now that's probably helped. Covid once again has probably helped a little bit there. You know whether it be you know a few top jockeys were taken out with the Mornington Airbnb situation that opened up a few doors for a lot of people. Also, riding for Godolphin, James Cummings probably has been stuck in Sydney. Um, so Reg Fleming, who is his uh, stable foreman down here in Melbourne, um, he's been a good ally. I rode for him over a long period of times so with Bart as well, and.
2: So for those who don't know, Reg was Bart's foreman in Melbourne for 25 years, so he's probably as good a Melbourne trainer as he's yeah. ever been. Yeah, they've got great yeah. systems in
0: place. Yeah. But also, I think they appreciate having a, a senior jockey, so to speak, Riding the horses and giving them really good feedback, and James, I think, being stuck in Sydney, appreciated that as well. And yep. and me knowing the the routine of Melbourne Carnival and and the right ro- the races and the type of horses that might suit going where I think was a important part of the the, the the team as well. So it sort of suited all of us as well.
2: How do you compare the dancing background to you that you've got compared uh, to j- jockeys as athletes?
3: Well, well, this is the thing that um, similar in a sense that. It's such a, your weight is such a huge, I guess, it's a really important part of what you do. I could never, I come from a dancing, performing arts background, but I could never become a ballerina, no matter how much I wanted it. I've got one left leg, my left leg's slightly longer than the other, but they measure you as a teenage child They measure your, you know, your bone structure, the way your feet sit, everything. And then from that point on, which you have to be so strict with what you put in your body. And so even if you had the the biggest love to become a ballerina, I could never become a ballerina. not a professional one anyway. I just don't have the right body shape or or type for it. Is it it similar with becoming a jockey? Like I also grew up riding horses, but I didn't think I could become a jockey either. If you had the love to race uh, horses, but you didn't have the right, I guess, body structure, how important is what you put in your body and, and what you do. Like, Can anyone ride or is it something that you have to be made for?
0: Yeah, look, anyone can ride. It's, to be a jockey, they're a little bit stricter on who they allow to become an apprentice jockey now. I think that's in, the intake is roughly six to eight a year they take and more so girls and, than, than boys these days. Um, I think if you go to the pony clubs... I'd say ninety percent of the the kids at pony clubs are, are girls, and um, and the boys seem to be just getting bigger. Or whether that's at the interest right. of boys in actually riding horses as well. Um, but um, you know, it's great to see a lot of girls riding. But I actually fear for um, that there's going to be a lack of boys in the mm. in the future. You know, when we look ten, twenty years down the track, what's actually made been that jockeys. change? Do you, do you I think size is a bit to do with it, and whether it's cool for boys to ride horses, I yeah. don't know. The other thing is. Um, uh, yeah, just the connection between boys and riding horses. I think um, out in the country these days they don't seem to ride horses as much unless they're actually connected to it through a family, uh, whereas a jockey's son or a trainer's son or something like that. But to answer your question, no, the, the body type is a little stricter, but it's not obviously uh, – they won't put a line through you, but you've obviously got to be pretty small. I think if they, they do do the body measurements now, if, you, if you're likely to be a bit you know, more than that sort of 55 – plus sort of kilos um, when you're mature um, they're probably gonna it's 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 more difficult to become a jockey now for sure.
3: And then you're talking about how you're between March and June you're always traveling you've got to watch what you're eating there
0: it
3: it, it must be so far it's been lifelong for you it must be quite taxing to be constantly aware of what you're eating and you know what you're putting in your body.
0: Yeah I, I kind of put my you get to know your body over a period of time how much you can what you can do what you can eat and drink and you know when you can let yourself go and and when you have to be strict. I think you have to have a little bit of balance. I kind of have a five and two sort of setup. It's a bit different. I sort of watch my weight for five days and and then I have my one or two days of relaxing and joy because I think you have to have that. Um, some some do it different, um, but I think um, it's it's really important to have a bit of balance and and to have to have a little let down every now and again and reward absolutely, yourself as absolutely. well.
4: Yeah, you're obviously still riding as good as ever. Do you know? Have you got a a time frame of when you think you'll you'll give it up, or you're just happy going until you until you lose it. You know, obviously AFL circles. Once you get to sort of 31, 32, to all these these one year contracts, and then as soon as you, like your teams going, it's a bit different in racing. But as soon as you drop off like that, well, then you, you lose a bit of your speed, and then you're sort of gone. Once you, I just say, once your body can't get to where your brain expects it to, mm. well, then that's when you're gone at AFL level. Is there something like that in racing, or is it just until you you're obviously you know the, the goat <coughs> is it just until you've said oh listen I've, I've done enough in racing I want to go and relax with the family or
0: yeah look I, it's a good question I suppose it depends what level you want to do it um, I think I don't want to do it at, a, at an average level I yeah. still want to do it at a high level so I feel like I've been on one year contracts probably the last three or four years myself <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I think I'll continue to be that way the things that keep me going are the, the desire um, the ability to keep at a higher level and um, and the body I suppose but the body as we get older is uh, a few more aches and pains but yeah. fortunately the horses do the running for us so <laughs> um, they're taking most of the impact but I've had a, quite a few serious injuries over a period of time and I think they're starting to catch up with me slowly, but yeah. I think just I'm just taking it a year at a time. But I, I'm sh- certainly in the home straight. I think yeah. somewhere in the next few years, will probably see me out.
2: So with your uh, you mentioned well, cause you mentioned it, but with your horrendous back injury that you had, mm. I, when I'm watching it because I watch it all the time, I can mm. pick, picture you in a race and it looks like you've adjusted your style accordingly. Are, are you continuously adjusting because of it and and trying to say, well, I know what my body can and can't do, or is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's not so much desire. Um, yeah, obviously when <coughs> I'm 49, I'm not as. Ad- as I yeah. was in my 20s and 30s and with the injuries I've had, I've got six vertebrae fused. So I'm not wow. through that T1 to T6 section. So I'm not as um,
3: Is that from flexible. when you broke your spine?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, wow. So I fractured T3 and 4 and they fused um, <coughs> six. So the two above, two that I broke mm. and the two below. So that's all fixed through my, wow. kind of through my shoulder blades now. So I don't have that flexion through my spine. You think about not coming have. back? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to. Yeah. And two, I thought, mmm, do I really want to, you know, that kind of way? but And am, and am I going to be able to? Right. Um, so I, I was out for about 15 months with that. So I had, you know, these two titanium rods through the six vertebrae and four screws placed through that, that part of my spine. And um, so that had to stay in there for 12 months. And then I couldn't ride with that in it because one of the screws kind of as long as my finger was resting up against my aorta, the mm. the main oh, artery to yeah. my heart. So wow. if I had a fall with that in that it was really, really risky. So oh, yeah. couldn't ride with that in that. So then they took that out and then I just felt well I did three months of sort of full rehab. I no, I was still playing golf and surfing with that in my in my in my back, but you know, I couldn't couldn't really ride. So once I had that out I thought, well I'll just get myself do a full rab- rehab, get myself in the best shape, get get myself in a position where I'm on the horse and I'll see how I feel mentally, physically, how I'm up to it. And and I thought in that time as well, I thought, well, there's not much else that really kept, you know, and I, I thought of other things I might want to do, but there was nothing that really grabbed me that I thought. And I was still only 32 at the time, so that's like 17 years ago now. So I thought, is there something else I want to do? But there was nothing that grabbed me. So got back on the horse and, you know, I felt like I didn't want to really end my career on that note, or on those mm. terms, so... Um, you know, I feel really fulfilled now that I've been able to come back and, and have the success I have.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood a*****? Ass- you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: And, and is, is it ma- a majors party or in, in racing? For those who <coughs> don't follow, it's probably Caulfield, Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate, and uh, Golden Slipper are considered the four majors. Are they probably the number one that you're chasing, or just Group Ones? And yeah, on, I, I, I
0: just think competing at a high level, and yeah. you know they're not always in your control and they're hard to win you yeah. know probably easier when you're in that um, prime of your career sort of that when, when, I, when I say probably I think a jockey's prime is probably most they're probably late 20s to late 30s you know that's probably the, the most successful kind of window so um, they're not always in your control but if you're riding for good stables obviously and, and you know if you're Sort of the number one go-to jockey with like like a James McDonald. Those sort of at the moment, those got those opportunities come along a lot more often for you. So they're not really what drive me. They're just competing at a high level, probably what drives me. And then then you get in a position to you know probably contend with those sort of races. like, so yeah. do you great, have, been, say, have been interesting going back overseas and Ascot and Dubai and. <coughs> things like that, um,
4: or you just want to be yeah, local probably here? not
0: much now because I've got family here. Yeah. I've got three kids at s- school, and probably that's more my priority now. Um, so just getting getting them through private school and, and yeah. giving them the best opportunity. That's <laughs> sort fun, of, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> probably that's <laughs> what's motivating <laughs> as much as anything. Yeah, um, but they eating uh, the horses. No, nah, pro- not really. No, yeah. they they can all sit on a sort of trail ride kind of thing. Yeah. But we live in the city, so they're not really around horses yeah. as as much. Yeah.
2: Um, so, Dane, picture this: and the, you, you win the preliminary final, and they go, "Righto, seven days you can't eat for the rest of the week." The Caulfield Cup, you you a week before the Caulfield Cup, you went on Delphi. Now, I've, obviously, because of the work I do, I check. I actually look at what minimum weights for jockeys are. It's actually a good little tool because sometimes it gives you, Jesus, oh, he hasn't ridden this light, light for a while." That can be in a minor race, but yours was well publicised, obviously. Yeah, 54 and a half is pretty much your bottom line. Yeah. Wow. And you rode 53. Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. you had to lose a wow. kilo and a half when you got no fat in you whatsoever. This yeah. is the type of thing that everyone's interested in because I think I skipped lunch about three, ma- three months rain ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so ta- yeah. Talk it us through. It's you, I can so tell you. <laughs> This is the Saturday. day. Originally, you weren't going to do it, and then you chose to do it. So talk talk of
0: yeah. People so won, would be won, this. See, it gets worse. I won the guineas on the Saturday and couldn't even celebrate that. <laughs> so I had sort of uh, shared a bottle of champagne on Saturday night, and then it was uh, back back under the grind yeah. uh, of losing weight the next week. So I was probably fifty seven that week leading up to the um, Caulfield. Wow. So I had to lose like four kilos off. Not much. Yep. Uh, that week. So so how? Yeah. How uh, did you do pretty it? much cut the sugar? Cut the salt. Um and uh, yeah, as you said, your mind starts playing tricks on you that whole Bring. week. So, didn't ride my best on the Wednesday. I was sort of, uh, <laughs> I was a bit flat. Um, but come Saturday, sorry, good. sorry, to
2: interrupt. but because yeah. you've said it, I wasn't going to say it because I yep. respect you as a, as a friend as well. But. Yep. You slaughtered one. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I was. My mind was just elsewhere. You okay. know, I was flat as a tack on yeah. on Wednesday. I think I had seven or eight rides, and I was getting withdrawals off the salt and the sugar. And you know, I was just, I was, I was struggling. Yep. Um. But then I got over the hump, and then come Thursday, Friday, I was I was feeling better. So yeah. But, uh, um. Yeah, I I did it. You know, and if you've got a carrot dangling there, and I thought, look, I'm, you know, I'm at the, getting towards the end of my career. Yeah. get great rides in a Caulfield Cup come along very often. The horse won really well the start before. Thought, when COVID, what else am I going <laughs> to do? <you know? laughs> and
3: what's the, like, because I was about 54 kilos before having a baby. And then I had. Re- and she always had a six pack. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, re- I've recently had a baby. I have a 12, 13, 14 week old baby. And I'm on this weight loss journey now, which is the first time for me. Is it more what you eat or do you exercise as well because you're a fairly fit person you have to be fit so it's like your fitness level will be up here is my point mm. you going out and doing a run is not going to move no, much
0: no so yeah always got, you already have a pretty high fitness level as yeah. you said so yeah i think cutting out the sugar and the salt and also the the fluid intake so I, I don't drink much fluid at all and then i just started walking and jogging a little bit more um and then yeah saunas and stuff like yeah, yeah. yeah. so i've got a sauna and a at home, so yeah, because
3: boxers gets are the other one, out. aren't they?
0: They
2: have to cut weight mm.
3: quite significantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. UFC, is it? Yeah, all of the, obviously yeah. the fighters. professional fighters, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. they'll have to cut weight.
2: Um, because there was another, like, uh, uh, I mentioned you, but also Hugh Bowman, you would never back him on the day Winx was running, in races prior to Winx, uh, his record of favorites was horrendous. And w- when you're saying it to like to you, Swati, if you said, Well, h- how are you going to train on a Thursday, who gives a fuck? When it's yes. all about the grand final, I mean that's a it's a tough one, isn't it, for riders? Because ultimately, you're there for the punter, as far as the, the law of the industry is concerned. So the stewards have to say, well, you have to give this every chance. But o- equally, <laughs> if it's Winks or Caulfield Cup, that's that, that is still the goal.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, a lot of people don't look at the you know the, all the story behind the story, so yes. to speak, like you're, you're you're saying. So you know, you know, I can't exactly say what. You know what what Huey's story was, but obviously losing that weight for that week was, you know, wasn't my best um, preparation for the ra- the races leading up to it. But you know, when you you want to try and get there, at your best on the day. So, yeah.
2: and conversely, after winning, and I'll ask you about the Melbourne Cups, obviously, but for, for a young fella like John McNeil, last year wins a Melbourne Cup in front of no one, <laughs> which uh, that was that was uh, another story. But he, he's he then kept riding through the summer. His stats were horrendous. I, I sort of, I, I, I stepped back, never said anything publicly. But you just you use you use those to your uh, f- favour or not. Um, but then, about six months later, he then spoke about it and said, yeah, in hindsight, I should have had a break. Do you yeah. think that's something that the relentless nature of racing that they don't probably look at as much
0: yeah, as other possibly, sports? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's definitely twenty four seven, night and day. Yeah. you yeah. know, these days. So. You have to find that. And a lot of young jockeys are still finding that balance in their life, you know, whether they have a young family or, you know, and, we st- and they get up early in the mornings too, you know. Like I was up at, you know, 3.30 this morning. Don't. Um, <laughs> Certainly <laughs> well <done>. I was <laughs> yeah. only
4: time up at 3.30 when I'm still up. So. <laughs> on the way home. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And, and some guys are getting up that early, riding during the day and then riding at night and then going on limited food intake and, and fluid intake as well. So, you know, a lot of people don't see that as well. It's quite relentless. Yep.
3: So after your career one day comes to an end and you've had uh, a long life of crazy up and down weight loss journeys and sleep deprivation and you go on this big holiday do you just let it all go because we're speaking about this on the other on the other podcast a lot of footballers you then see them afterwards and you go fuck did you see him he's got a huge beer gut because they've been used to this lifestyle of being so active and watching what they're eating and all of a sudden you don't have to Mm. do you think that one day when that that comes you're just going to enjoy a pina colada by the side (laughs) of the pool and never worry about cutting weight again or are you going to be you know, a fit person for the rest of your life? Is it um, in your nature now? Yeah,
0: I like keeping... Well, I we wouldn't say I like keeping fit, but I like doing activities that that do end up keeping you fit. I like game of golf and surfing. They're kind of my um, pastimes. My son, 11-year-old, likes training football twice a day, so he's <laughs> keeping me fit. I'm flat out keeping up with him. So <laughs> they're things that are probably actually helping me with my, with my riding career, so... Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of enjoy keeping active, so I can't see myself... Blo- I'll, I'll be heavier than I am now, of course. I yeah. love having a couple of beers. Um, yeah. But, you know, I probably... When I've been out... When I was out ro- from riding, when I had my broken back for 15 months, I probably was 60 to 65 kilos, so probably, you know... Wow. 10, around 10 kilos mm-hmm. heavier than, than what I am now.
2: Whereas where another man who's on the podium for the for the goat roy higgins in the 60s and 70s and 80s he was more than happy to to boast how happy he was being a fat man post career wasn't he yeah 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 what was he he said he was going to be uh, he, he was going to enjoy being a fat man for the rest of his life That's right, yep. and he did he was a great man um, t- tell us about winning the melbourne cups you've won 3 I, I didn't even do any research on yep. the top man to so t- talk us about the, the uh, when when it comes together at a young age for you like De Remus.
0: Yeah, so the first one, I was 23, Doremus. Yeah. Um, that was 95, and I'd ran second in the one the year before. So, um, yeah, that was quite overwhelming, I must say. Life-changing experience um, from a kid growing up in WA. You'd think, you know, to ride in a Melbourne Cup would be great first, and then to win <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And it, it opens a lot of doors for you in your career, whether that be able to ride overseas and even opportunities here in Australia once you've won a Melbourne Cup. You could win every other big race... On the calendar and, and not be known to sort of people outside of racing. But once you win that race, you're walking down the straight and you hear people say, Oh, that's a guy who won the Melbourne Cup kind of thing, you know. So it does yeah. makes you more recognisable and um, certainly opens a lot, of, a lot of opportunities for you. So right. the best race, is it the one you want to win out of all the races in the world? Is that the one? Um, I think for an Australian jockey, probably yeah. I'd say, Yeah, for sure. I mean, it may be not the best race, but it's the most famous yeah, race, you know. Right. The Cox plates probably. Known as the... Best horses. The, the best race. horses, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: And did you know getting on that horse, you were a bit younger in your career, did you know getting on that horse you were a fair chance to take it out that I day? I did, actually, yeah. yeah. He'd
0: won the Caulfield Cup and uh, was I think he was close to favourite for that race. So, yeah, it was... Uh,
3: tingle in your toes for that one. Yeah,
0: it was really exciting. It yeah. was celebrations. Oh, big, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember getting picked up in a... Um, a helicopter in the middle of Flemington track and they flew us into a current affair and they had a live cross with my mum and my grandmother in Perth and then we, they give us a car for the rest of the night and we went back to Flemington and the party was still going there and in the birdcage and we partied on there all night and then back into town it was a it was a big night, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and so to mix up with, with Swanee Sport, um Kevin Sheedy's got a theory about Always playing young kids in in premierships and in, in grand finals because they got no fear and probably uh, Melbourne knew a young Bowie was probably a good example. You know, you just you need those types at that age. Are you are you riding fearless and that actually? Can can mean you can do some amazing things.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, I think you're a little bit more fearless when you're younger. Yeah, but also, but and then, but the yeah, advantage of getting older too, you can see the mistakes that the kids might be making, yeah. you know, um, before they make it. Whereas, um, so you can see things clear and and before they happen as you get older too. So, you know, there's there's plus and advantages for b- both sides of it for sure.
2: What about looking after your body at that age? Because that's when I first met you and. Um, you uh, growing up as a kid at Caulfield, I was I was a strapper, and at that stage, jockeys would not eat, have about three packets of smokes a day, and then you know stay in the sauna for twenty hours. But to my, uh, I could be wrong, but you were one of the first to treat yourself as a real athlete and and go about it both diet, but also uh, stretching and all those other things. Is that is that? Have I got my memory right? Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: look, I think um, diet. Diets and you were never a smoker, were you? No, i have no, never yeah. been a smoker. I, no. you know, I have had my fair few few drinks over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, yeah, got to find that balance with it. But, um, yeah, look, um, yeah, I think sports around everywhere have got a lot, fu- uh, lot smarter with you know diet and and stretching and. Preparation and all that sort of thing. So I think most sportsmen's careers have been able to uh, get longer over a period of time. So it certainly helped me, um, especially the injuries I've had as well. Um, So yeah, I think it's a big part of it.
4: When did the term professionals? Is it it always been a jockey always been professional? Pretty pretty much,
0: yeah, because it's kind of been it's twenty four seven sort of sport. Well. The racing wasn't 24-7. I mean, I used to race when I first started probably three or four days a week. Now yeah. it's sort of seven, eight days a week, yeah. with nine days a week with night racing too. So, But as far as I know, it's always been yeah. full on, yeah.
2: Away from the controversy of Jamie Carr, but the great stuff about Jamie Carr is I think she changed people's perception forever of that if you're good enough as a female, you're good enough to make it in, in racing. Yeah, I just sort of see that angle because obviously Michelle Payne was the, the breakthrough, but Jamie Carr, mm. I think, <coughs> just took it to a new level.
0: Yeah, I think it's been coming for a while. As I said, there's certainly more um, more females riding now. The percentage is obviously higher, I think, than, than it ever has been, and, it, and it's going to continue to grow. And I think the racing's changed now. We have padded whips, so the strength is not such a... A key component of it um, And also I think you can't use the whip As much as you could either So the horsemanship is Rather than strength Is coming into it more so more and more And and these girls You know like you talk about Michelle Jamie And there's a number of other young ones Coming through as well They're, they're actually real horse people um, So they actually You know they've ridden horses From a young age They have a great rapport And understanding with the horse So they know how to get the best Out of a horse So it's not just a matter of strength and, and we're all carrying the same weight, uh, well, relatively anyway. Yeah. So the strength is not such a big component of it. It's actually getting on with your horse and, and and getting inside your horse's head or getting to know your horse and getting the best out of your horse to, to get the best result.
2: So is that a bit like when, when Dane, as a you laugh generally at this time of year about the bloke who's just won the 3K time trial but he can't get a kick come, come finals time, that actually the real horsemen, are the people who have grown up with it, they, they've got that innate... In forty cents or horse cents is that a si- similar
0: situation oh, I suppose it is, yeah, 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 um, yeah look, I suppose uh, you could be you know not all the smallest, always the smallest, lightest jockeys are the best jockeys you see yeah. some some of the tallest uh, and the ones that do it the hardest in the sauna, um, you know they're where they' got to work a bit harder for it, or you know it's, it''s they come all shapes and sizes the the jockeys as well, and all, all different. Talents as well They have all Different strengths And weaknesses As well too
3: So how long Sorry to interrupt So how long Before you ride Do you meet a horse Because you say It's the way you work With the horse But Mm. I'm, I'm gathering you wouldn't have all that long to meet your horse before you ride.
0: Yes, often you're on them for the first time when you sit on them wow. in a race. It is it is an advantage if you've sat on them before, but you have that sort of few minutes on them getting around to the start just to feel their little I- idiosyncrasies. It. Or And you watch videos of them as well to see how they like to race, that kind of way. So, yeah, there's there's yeah. different ways of looking at it. Yeah. Yep.
2: You mentioned the padded whip. Can you explain mm. to people who who, um, who think whipping horses is cruel... It's a padded whip. It's 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 noise, isn't it? I mean, yeah, wh-
0: it still stings a little bit, yeah. but it, it doesn't mark them as such. And there's a number of times um, you're only allowed to hit them. I think it's uh, five times before the hundred meter mark, and then I think it's about ten times in total after that. So um, there's a restriction on how many times you can hit them. And, and you know, some horses respond well to it; others don't. And it's a jockey's um, it's a jockey's job to to see how they respond best, where they. Respond better. To the whip. Some are lazy horses. Some need it. Some don't like it. They actually curl up on it, and they, and and you can feel that when you're riding them. If they're not responding to it, you put it away to get the best out of them.
2: It is is it a huge difference to when you started? What the what the whip actually was? Because I think it was a it yeah. was a total, it was cowboy city, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was yeah. it was a, like a you know um, leather leather flaps on the end. Now they're sort of padded, and yep. you know it was like a whale bone. Fiberglass type of thing, and it was actually, you know, it was designed to to inflict pain to get the best out of them, whereas now it's changed so much. And I think it's changed for the better. Yeah. Did um, it make them run faster back then or now, or is it? Much you much know, it, much the same. I think, yeah. you know, uh, you, I find if you, after you hit most horses a certain amount of times, they, they tend to get they, they get they resent it. You know, it's usually the first two or three times that you hit them, you get that element of surprise and yeah. and you get that response for them. So, yeah, I think it, it has changed for the better, for sure.
2: And and good horses actually want to run fast, don't they? Yep, yep. What what, what do you sense about riding a great horse?
0: Um, yeah, a lot of the good horses don't need it, actually, <coughs> yeah. to, to get the best out of them. Um, yeah. Do you have a best horse? You yeah, I've got a, quite a few. It's hard to name one. Right. Um, but, yeah, a lot of good ones over the years, yeah. northerly Yeah, he was a strange good horse because he didn't – most. Good horses give you a good feel. They got a great action, great attitude. He used to carry his head up high, and he was kind of lazy, and he'd lay into one side. You know, he was just he was, but he had a, um, I wouldn't say an extraordinary real will to win because I don't know if horses really have that. But he he could go faster for longer, um, and he and he just. He'd never lie down for you. Just, just keep finding for you, you know. It's just good quality to have in a horse. Be your
2: type of horse and it's 20, Not, be not, not right the best action. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Gets <Yeah>. it done. <laughs> uh, Dane's not on LinkedIn. You're not on Twitter. You'd be keen for people who live in a bin to tell you what you do wrong in life and things like that?
0: Uh, no, no, no. I've
2: <laughs> enough time for that, No. <laughs> <laughs> How, have you, how do you see Some of the young fellas Who, who get it or not, not just sorry Non gender specific But they get immersed In social media I think the dumbest thing In the world for a jockey Would be to be
0: oh, immersed in it I would think so yeah um, I'm sure it has A few ups But there'd be more Downs to it than ups Yeah Yeah, yeah Unless
4: you've got 100% Winning
0: success <laughs> right, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Once again, it. plenty of advice, I'm sure. Yeah.
4: I just I
2: saw a video last year when Russian Camelot ran a place in the Cox Plate. One of the the owners was sending it round, and and you got a bit emotional afterwards. But the, the what it what it means here when and you're, you've you've not just the horses pushed themselves the limit, but you have as well.
0: Yeah, I suppose those big races like that, when you think as you're getting older, you probably haven't got many more chances to win them. So yeah. I thought he was a great chance of winning it. And uh, we drew the outside gate, which didn't make our, help our chances. And then, um, you know, we... We had a great run, but just fell short. So yeah, I was a, I was a bit emotional that day. Yeah, but there's nothing
2: wrong. With, I mean, that's 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 the difference there, isn't it? people go, "Yeah, beauty," <laughs> it, it means care. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think the day you stop caring about it, especially big occasions like that, you probably should shouldn't be doing it. You know, because if you don't, you don't care. If it doesn't mean anything to you, then you're not going to get the best best out of yourself or the best best result for for anyone you're working right. with. Yeah. yeah.
2: And just fish. What, what's the, the the health of the sport? How do you see it?
0: I think it's pretty healthy. It's yeah. a bit, been a bit – I mean, the, the turnover figures have been extraordinary since COVID's been on, um, but I think it's really important that we re-engage with the the racing fans or owners and all that to to really um, capitalise on this growth that we've had when people have been stuck at home probably watching racing and betting a bit more. So, you know, one thing I think it's it's really expensive to – to be in horse ownership but I think we've got to keep finding a way to pe- get people into it and with syndication that's a really good way to keep people involved these days and I think people will be really keen to get back on track and, and I think it's really important to capitalise on that and, and capture that um, growth that we've had to get people back on track and, and, and get people back out living some sort of normal life. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, you've always been really open and very nice of you to do this for us. But um, but also about that fan engagement, how do you see the balance there? Because obviously on race day you're, you're there for a job, but equally what's unique about your sport is, is 40 minutes, sometimes an hour and a half between engagements.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think on a Saturday I understand the 40 minutes between races because it's such a chock full um, program, if you like, with interstate and all that. But I think 30 minutes is 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 a good time, um, shorter races. I think I think personally, ten, you know, for the big meets, I understand ten races is okay, you know. But I think shorter, you know, like you know that twenty twenty style. I was a more is
2: referring to your great rival, Craig Williams, will go out and do seven hundred interviews. And oh, talk to people. sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll leave that to Willow. But, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Nah, not fair. really my, my not my area, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: mate. Appreciate you coming in. Really good. No worries. Thanks, mate. Day mate. Day Thank, you. Thank you.